0: Welcome to All Things Cardio-Oncology. This is the podcast of the International Cardio-Oncology Society. My name is Steve Caselli. I'm the director of the society. We exist to promote collaboration across the disciplines and around the world. Today, Dr. Joe Carver, a member of our research and scientific committee, reviews a recent article from the Journal of Clinical Oncology on the risks associated with childhood cancer therapy. A link to the article can be found in our show notes. This JCO podcast provides observations and commentary on the JCO article, Therapy-Related Cardiac Risk in Childhood Cancer Survivors, Analysis of the Childhood Cancer Survivor Study by Bates et al. My name is Joseph Carver, and I'm the Chief of Staff at the Abramson Cancer Center of the University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. My specialty is cardio-oncology. It is universally accepted that therapeutic radiotherapy Andor anthracycline-based chemotherapy have a significant impact on the heart, resulting in cardiac morbidity and mortality. High-risk groups are now defined on the basis of doxorubicin-equivalent anthracycline dose of more than 250 milligrams per meter squared and total radiation dose of greater than 30 gray when the heart is in the treatment field. Total dose delivered does not reflect specific cardiac exposure. This has led to report the mean heart dose, that is, the percent cardiac volume within the radiation fields. For most treated patients, discovery of anthracycline cumulative dosing is easily abstracted and straightforward. For modern therapeutic radiation, however, historical mean heart dose and or other cardiac dosimetric parameters have not been traditionally reported and may be more difficult to obtain. This has led to a lack of consensus about the cardiovascular risk when the total dose is less than 30 gray. In the article that accompanies this podcast, Bates et al. Enhance our understanding of the association between cardiac volume exposure to different radiation therapy doses and rates of serious cardiac conditions among long-term survivors of pediatric cancer and reaffirms the association of cumulative anthracycline dose and subsequent risk for cardiomyopathy. With data from the Childhood Cancer Survivorship Study, they determined the rates of self-reported grade three to five cardiac conditions as defined by common terminology criteria for adverse events, volume 4.03. In 24,214 more than five-year survivors who were treated for a variety of cancers at a median age of seven years. Evaluation occurred at a median follow-up of 20.3 years with a median attained age of 27.5 years. Late cardiac risk was compared to 5,046 untreated siblings. For each survivor, Radiation fields were reconstructed on age-specific phantoms to calculate estimated mean heart dose and the percent of heart volume receiving at least 5 gray, low dose, and 20 gray, higher dose. Doxorubicin equivalent doses were similarly abstracted. Toxicity parameters were any cardiac disease, coronary artery disease, and heart failure. They found a cumulative incidence of cardiac disease 30 years from diagnosis of 4.8 percent, with a 95 percent confidence interval between 4.3 and 5.2. There was a dose relationship between mean heart dose and all parameters, both low moderate doses, that is five to 19.9 gray, to a large volume of the heart, that is, more than 50 percent and higher doses, more than 20 gray, to small cardiac volumes, that is, less than 29.9%, were associated with an increased risk of cardiac disease. Heart failure drove the risk of high doses to small volumes, while coronary artery disease drove the risk of low doses to large volumes. Similarly, they reconfirmed the relationship between cumulative anthracycline doses and any cardiac disease with an increased risk for those treated at a younger age, less than 13 years of age. An increased relative risk for any cardiac disease was also present with any anthracycline exposure. That is 0.1 to less than 250 milligrams per meter squared, with a relative risk of 1.7% at a 95% confidence interval of 1.1 to 2.5 compared to siblings. This study shows that low-moderate-dose radiation therapy to a large volume of the heart and higher-dose radiation therapy to a small volume of the heart increase the risk of late cardiac disease. It also reconfirms the association of cumulative anthracycline doses and cardiac risk, especially in patients who were treated at less than 13 years of age. With a 4.8% risk for any cardiac toxicity at 30 years, the study provides an evidence-based, long-term, realistic risk estimate that can be part of pre-treatment conversations with patients and family, as well as all survivors. What are the take-home points of this study? One, in spite of modern techniques to deliver therapeutic radiation and avoid the heart, a safe cardiac dose has not been well-defined. Two large retrospective phantom-based studies have shown an increased risk of coronary heart disease of 7.4% per one gray mean heart dose in breast cancer and lymphoma patients. These studies have not only alerted radiation oncologists to the potential risk of even low radiation doses to the heart, but have also driven them to push radiation therapy planning and algorithms to optimize one parameter, mean heart dose. The problem with this single metric is that two treatment plans with vastly different dose maps can have the same mean heart dose. For example, low dose spread out to a large volume, such as in an intensity modulated radiotherapy plan, or high dose to a small volume that may include the left anterior descending coronary artery with almost no dose to the rest of the heart, such as in breast tangents or a photon therapy plan. Even with current image-driven treatment planning algorithms that prioritize a low mean heart dose, it is still possible to deliver higher doses of radiation to cardiac structures. The results from this paper have major implications for treatment planning and delivery, informing us to be wary of low-dose generic mean heart-dose metrics and makes a case for universal adaptation of the quantification of structure-specific dose exposure and attention to the low-dose cloud in the rest of the heart. Two, for survivorship and surveillance, there are implications for guideline development evolving one step beyond the binary high-dose, low-dose risk stratification to understand that any exposure to anthracyclines and or therapeutic radiation is part of a continuum of risk. Low risk is not no risk. This continuum informs healthcare providers to a proactive management approach for the late survivor population that includes aggressive management of cardiac risk factors present at initial evaluation and those that emerge over the decades of survivorship. Three, it is equally as important to reiterate that the late cardiac toxicity due to therapeutic radiation and anthracyclines pales in comparison to the risk associated with untreated traditional cardiac risk factors obesity cigarette smoking sedentary lifestyle diabetes hypertension and the metabolic syndrome and when they are present in this population they magnify the 4.8 percent cardiac event risk defined by bates four This study also provides additional rationale for the field of cardio-oncology, for greater collaboration between medical and radiation oncologists and cardiologists at every step of the cancer treatment continuum. I congratulate Bates and colleagues for this potentially paradigm-changing contribution and am optimistic that further enhancements in radiotherapy planning and delivery will reduce late cardiac toxicity and improve survival. This concludes this JCO podcast. Thank you for listening. For more original research, editorials, and review articles, please visit us online at jco.org. This production is copyrighted to the American Society of Clinical Oncology. Thank you for listening. If any of our listeners would like more information about cardio-oncology or ICOS, you can go to our website, which is ic-os.org, and there you'll find a number of helpful resources.